You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Three More Losses podcast, podcast, podcast. But somehow still in a playoff position because apparently the whole league sucks this year. Dude, this is so weird. I guess it's weird every year, though, isn't it? I guess it's not every year it's weird, but if you look at the standings, I mean, it's better than it was two, three weeks ago. Two, three weeks ago, the, the, the lead was like turned upside down. Like all the teams that aren't supposed to be in playoff spots were. All the teams that are supposed to, none of them were in the playoff spots. It's starting to even out now. In the East, it is. In the West, it's still like, what's going on? Like, when are, when is Seattle going to fucking, are these Hill guys off? actually going to, I mean, the Pacific is so weak. I mean, I guess they could, but. At some point, is the Pacific going to get stronger? Is it just Vegas and Seattle and kind of L.A.? Those are the hottest teams. Those are the best teams in the Pacific? L.A.'s not even – well, I guess L.A.'s been pretty good. I don't know. It's kind of, it's kind of weird. You'd think Seattle would fall off at some point, but they I keep was, rolling. I was expecting the Oilers to turn around by now. Yeah, I think we kind of – I kind of expected the Oilers to be a bit – like not expected, probably hoped and expected, more hoped, hoped than expected. But they were going to be a bit up and down with old – Dork McGee behind the bench. They can't. Uh, they're like us. They can't get any traction. Yeah, it's two steps forward, four steps back. To it's the same with the Oilers. So as soon as it's looking good, you fucking lose to two of the league's worst teams and score one goal in each game and lose three in a row. And lose to Montreal twice in the span of a week and a half. And also, Columbus. How do you lose to Columbus? How do you lose to Columbus and? Montreal in a span of a week. How do you score two goals against those teams in the span of a week? I remember at one point my tweet was when it looked like we were going to get shut out by Columbus. Surely we could score one goal against the third worst worst team in the league. One? I mean, they're the third worst team in the league. I think they're probably worse now. How good? No, they're still third. They're still ahead of Chicago and Anaheim. How good is that defense and goaltending in Columbus? They have allowed the third most goals in the entire league. Surely, so, not great. You could score one. Surely, you can't. You can't score two. You can't score two goals in a game where hey, it's there's there's still hope. Dude. But you need it. You need. You don't want. Wouldn't be nice. You fucking need score. How about you did a goal and you can't score against Columbus? How about goal? Worst you couldn't defensive. even generate a freaking scoring chance. It's Columbus, the third worst team in the league. You can't score. I don't get. It. I don't get it. Like, and they had what four regular demon out of their lineup? Yes. Renzi's not. Yes. Like, there's literally guys on that blue line I have legitimately never heard of in my entire life. Their blue line is obliterated. They suck at defense. Their backup the was net. Good. Also, had to leave, their starter had to leave the game. And you can't score. 
You know how tired I am? I get it. Like, you know how exhausted I am from this? Sitting there and, like, trying, just wanting to. 80% of being a fan for me right now is hoping and just wanting a goal. That's all, like, 80% of the game. That's I'm. I guess you're always kind of wanting, but it's... Like, you're sitting there like, dude, we need a goal so fucking bad. Now you're hoping for, like, fluky goals? It's becoming more of like when Daryl used to talk about the belief versus relief system. Last year, when you're watching games as a fan, you could believe, right? You're like, yeah, this is no problem. Yeah, we're going to don't. Now it's like if they win, it's like it's a freaking miracle. Thank God they beat Arizona. Oh, they beat Minnesota. Thank goodness. Scoring a goal. Almost feels like a miracle every time it happens. It is. It it literally is, especially on the power play. It's like, it's oh like my one of those God. pinballs. It's like it's like playing mini golf. Oh. The flame scoring goals is like when you're playing mini golf and sometimes you get a hole in one. It's like it's just like so many weird things have to happen for them to not only create a scoring chance, but then to finish the scoring chance. Like I'll I'll read you some names. Like, do you, are these real people? Have you heard of any of these people other than Eric Branson? Marcus Bjork, Tim Bernie. Jake Christensen, Andrew Peak, and Vladislav Gavrikov. Those are that's the Columbus that's the Columbus Blue Jackets decor we we mustered two high danger chances against at five wow. on five. Wow! The top hey, line the top you know line what? managed one shot against that defense in that game. Not uh, great, not great, Bob. Dude, I can't even I can't even laugh anymore. No, it's so, and you know what, like. This is the season in a nutshell, though. Like, this is the amount of, fr- this is frustrating, dude. It's so frustrating well, as a fan to watch when exactly. you're just like, can when you, you fucking do, do something? Anything. Yeah, doing nothing is the worst. And to me, like, the problem right now is, and maybe this is just my perception of it, it's like, when things, what's pissing me off is like, when things aren't going right, there's nobody who is like taking it upon themselves outside of like maybe Nikita's door off once in a while to like make shit happen. And like, that's all you can ask for really. Cause there's going to be a lot of times when you're not scoring, when things aren't going right, when you're not getting the results that you might deserve or don't deserve in the case of the last three games. Yeah. But it's like, do something. You need somebody to take charge. You need someone to take the the bull by the horns. Like you and I are texting last night. It's just like, who's our game breaker? Like we don't have any. Kadri maybe, but he's not reliable enough to be like, okay, throw Kadri out there. We need to make something happen. If anybody's going to make it, it's him. But like Huberto, has this guy scored in the third period yet? Has he set up a play in the third period yet? I know he's, look, I was harping on him yesterday. Somehow he has 10 points in 11 games or some shit. He's got he's a point per game in the last 10 games. So now we're now it's miraculous. He's he's apparently good. But dude, do something. Yeah. When we take need control it. of the game at a point it's of like, the game. Yo, we scored one. You scored one goal. We're up one nothing. We should have known at that point. That was it. Eh? That was all we we're gonna be able to muster all fucking game against the, the Montreal Canadiens. You should have known you had one power play goal. That was it. Turn the fucking TV off and just hope that your goaltender can get a shutout. Because that's how- that's that's what that's the game plan last night for sure. 
like now we need to win one nothing. You score one goal against Columbus. You score one goal against Montreal. We kind of lit up Matt Murray. He didn't look very good in well, Toronto. Matt Murray's the only reason we got a point in that game. No, nobody on the Flames is the reason we got a point in that game. Matt Murray's the reason. So I I agree on the Huberto thing. It's like okay, you have you're our, and and I get people. Listen, I get it's an adjustment. I understand you miss Florida, but at some point you've got to take it up. You've got to elevate your game. And I think that's true for a lot of other guys on the team, not just Huberto or Huberto. Um, but Daryl said this comment, nobody really picked up on it. It was, it was a while ago, but he was just talking about what actually made the team so successful last year. And he was just saying, like, it was just guys on this team, important players on this team took like they started taking charge. You yeah. Know? He did preface that with, with the adjustment period. Yeah, sure. And which is like, he it took them 30, 30 games or so to figure out how it all works. And then they were able to take the bull by the horns, but now they're gone. So, and yes, we're still waiting for that. And that's where the frustrating part is, is like, okay, I'm kind of getting tired of being patient. And it's like, okay, when is somebody going to take the ball and run with it? It's well, like, and, and, and it's like an effort thing. Exactly, right? because it's it really, like, yeah. we have to sit here and wait until Huberto automatically starts helping us win games. Yeah. When it's just like, he's not even trying yet. He's waiting until it just miraculously happens for himself. It's just like, no, let's show some effort. Like, you're down a goal to Columbus. And you could tie it up. And you muster and manufacture sweet dick all. Well, they had one, the top one had one shot in the game. Yeah, in the entire game. The entire game, fucking game. Five on five to fully had one shot. Like you're you're coming off three straight wins. You're you're sitting in a place where you're like, okay, we can actually start to get some traction here. We're playing one against one of the fucking league's worst teams. Maybe they should have went to Johnny Gaudreau's fucking for dinner after the game, eh? Like nobody cared. They didn't care about the win because it's fucking Johnny. So we're just going to just shoot the shit time. One shot. I mean, Johnny must have gotten it must have all gotten pretty blasted because Johnny didn't look very good either. This is a this is a team you should be feast. That's a D corpse. You should be feasting off of one shot. That should have been like when that game when Monaghan and Gaudreau had like seven point member. It was like a nine six game and it was just like we couldn't stop scoring because they're so bad. One shot. And we're, we're, people are saying, just chill. How is that acceptable? How is that, in what world? This is pro sports. This is, this is the, the, the fucking greatest echelon. This is the best hockey league on the planet. These are, apparently, this is your top line. Air quotes. One shot? Against a shit team with fucking decimated decorps, you're playing a whole bunch of AHL players, and a backup goalie, and about one shot, and you lost, and you needed a goal. You needed a goal all fucking game long, and you generated one shot on net. How is that acceptable? I know Daryl fucking ripped. He him. mentioned he mentioned something <laughs> after the game, rightfully so. What did he say? Too many people came for a visit. Not to win a hockey game. That's unbelievable, dude. These are pros. 
Well, and again, I think I do want to talk about Huberto a bit more in depth in a bit, but like that's the thing that I think that there is no pass for guys who were here last year. Like Rasmus Anderson's adjusting. Hannafin, like those guys were ter- have been terrible. They're terrible in that Columbus yeah. team. Our, like our un- unbelievable. I don't understand the why our D sucks now all of a sudden. So and like where's like Manjapani? He's got to relearn. Like there's guys on this team who you know again and we've talked about this a lot. Daryl has said need to take a step forward for this team to be better and not to just like say oh Huberto has been fine because he hasn't been the difference maker he needs to be. But like Manjip, like. Who on this team who was here last year has been playing remotely up to their potential or skill set or maxing out their abilities? And the answer is no one other than probably Chris Tanev. This was the game where Uyghur just looked like... Uh, yeah, Uyghur he, had a bad... He didn't like look like he belonged in hockey, let alone in the NHL. Yeah, that was bad. But well, I what's, guess he's... What's Ander- he's like, gotta... What are Hannafin and Anderson doing, right? Like Those guys don't know, lead to quote-unquote learn the system. Patrick Line has a breakaway five seconds into the game and because they're just standing there. What are they doing? What's Manjipani doing? He's he's been on the ice for more scoring chances than any flame this year, other than up, up front. Oh no, just be patient. They'll figure What's, it out. What is that about? They'll, they'll they just gotta go back in time to figure it out. <laughs> gotta pull a freaking infinity war time heist. Avenger end end game here, but like, what's du- Dubé is just Dubé. He's never gonna progress. He's this is who he is. He's always gonna be like show up for two or three games and then dip. Right? Yeah, as soon as you wear black jersey, then that's <laughs> when he plays good. And other than that, he's invisible. Backlund Coleman, guys have been okay. Haven't been. I don't think they've been great. Right? Like who on the? It's just in frustrating to me, especially in like this is supposed to be the year. One of the few years that this old and they're older guys. That's what I think is pit is that is maybe at the root of what's pissing me off. It's like this isn't just a bunch of young guys. This isn't a young team learning the ropes, you know, like adjusting. They have these are one of the oldest teams in the league, one of the most experienced teams in the league, veteran yeah. guys. This shouldn't be an issue. This shit where they're like just uh, inconsistent game to game, going out and getting blasted at Buddy's house before the game the night before and then not showing up for the next game and then losing to teams like Montreal, young rebuilding teams like Montreal twice in the course of two weeks. It's unacceptable for a veteran team like this. Like it's one thing, right? When it's like, we're supposed to be good right now. And that's, what's pissing off a lot of people and why it's hard to be patient. Cause it's like TikTok, hurry up. Yeah, exactly. We can't, I mean, it's we one, can't miss the playoffs this year, guys. It's one thing if you're supposed to suck. Exactly. Like because then, is... then it's just like yeah, throw those young guys out. It's, at least it's exciting. We don't expect you go to the rink. You're not expecting to win, so if you do, you're excited. You're happy about it. But you watch like that Toronto game, and uh, like we'll get to Matt Phillips, who um, finally made his debut. Thank God. But it's it's not like he's a world beater. But him and Zahorna, they looked the the guys on this team who you would expect to not be difference makers are more difference makers than the guys who should be, and that's what's really frustrating. The, the veteran guys on this team are very much underperforming. Like you, do you have the game stats for Columbus? I'm curious <laughs> who, who uh, was good for us? Like who actually had good underlyings that game? Nobody on the team had above 50% expected goals for against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Unacceptable. Hannafin, Hannafin's on the ice for six high danger chances against at five on five, one, four. Anderson's on the ice for four against one four. Uh, it was just, it was not good. 
We'll see. And this is where the problem is because, like, look, we can come on here and we can bitch about it. But I think the big problem is that what is causing all this? Like, I mean, exactly. Exactly. We're just sitting here like, what is going on? This is not, they're not, like you said, they're not playing how they should be playing, how they played last year. Exactly. And if you're looking for answers for the coach, I mean, it's not like the media is asking him. I wish they would. (laughs) Have you had one media person ask about the power play? Like, they ask when the when the power play scores a goal. That's it. Yeah. But if you're if you're looking for answers, and I and I think that's what adds to the frustration is like there's no clear cut answer for why we suck. And it's, it's a mystery. Like, it's it's that's why it's hard to just remain, uh, remain patient till when for how long? Right, because you can until kind we of, miss the yeah. playoffs. Is exactly. that how? Yeah, and then we can be frustrated. Then yeah. it's just really hard to watch frustrating hockey. It just and it'd be one thing. Look, I can take losses all day long if the effort's there. Yeah. I mean, that seven game losing streak in hindsight is some of the best hockey we've played all season. <laughs> totally. Way better hockey than we're playing now. Like, fuck. So I don't know. Like, at some point, I'm sitting here, I'm like, okay, well, you're thinking Daryl's eventually going to turn this around, right? A lot of it is just individual performance and exactly. That's literally you, you, you nailed it. That's, that's all what it really is. comes down to. That's, that's this, no other explanation. This is actually, you know, in the past when you have one of the worst amateur fucking head coaches I've ever seen, and Daryl or Brad Tree Living's up there saying, "Oh no, it's individual efforts." You're like, "No, it's not." Now it is. It's like. Everything is in place for these guys not to suck and generate more than one fucking shot against one of the league's worst team in the league. Yeah. And they're not doing it. Well, it- what's Daryl supposed to do? Possess the player. He's got it. Daryl needs to go to Haiti. He's got to learn voodoo, apparently. So you can possess Jonathan Huberto to make an impact during the game when an impact needs to be made in order to win. And I think Daryl said this after or before the Toronto game. It was like, our best players are not playing like our best players. They're not playing like best players, period. Has there been, has there been, again, this is an easy answer filled or easy answer, like screening test. Has there been one player on this team who has played at the level you would have expected them to not even exceeded or you you thought maybe they'd get to like has there been a single player on this roster who's playing at a level that you would have expected to at the like at the minimum not for any consistent period of time no like so probably Ladar. probably Chris Tanev Lazarichka Lazarichka I mean you can say maybe like Trevor Lewis Godry was great to start filling the his role yeah and then he God. dipped for two weeks yeah serious dip great for ten suck for ten. I don't know what the next 10 is going to bring. I really don't. But like, I don't know. At, at some point, do you mess with the lines? Um, What's the answer? Do you just wait until well, the individuals figure it out? And then hopefully, and maybe a part of it's just timing. But I think the major concern for both of us is like, there's no one player or one handful of player. Zuh taking the bull by the horns like there's everybody's waiting for somebody else Correct. to do something you you can't rely on any on a nightly basis you can't rely on any player or any groups of players it's like hey this guy except for tanev except for tanev he's the exclusion in all of this but right it's like you you don't know what you're gonna get every night from it from anybody 
It's like, hey, is no. Manjapani going to suck tonight? Is and that's the, and that's the wide varying degree. It's not even like, is it going to be good or great or kind of okay? It's just like, are they going to be atrocious? Yeah. Or are they going to be outstanding? There's like, we're back to the, it's like not even Jekyll and Hyde because you're not even consistent in that either. <laughs> so I think, again, you can kind of like maybe make some theories on like, okay, why is Huberto struggling to create offense? Um. And I mean, I think there maybe is some validity to the, oh, he's obviously learning new systems hard, but I don't think anything that Daryl's doing is that incredibly different league-wide. Like, we've talked about this before. It's like his well, it's tactics. It's fucking hockey, dude. It's, it's pretty hockey. basic X's and O's. I think what Daryl... Did Darryl you forget re- how to play hockey, Jonathan? Right? <laughs> what Daryl relies still on, hockey. first and you foremost... Still, you still take the puck, skate with it, make a play, shoot or pass. Skate with the, the fucking, puck? What are you talking about? What What just more adjusting do you have to do? The thing I've seen the Flames doing is they've just been playing so slow, which is the complete opposite of how Daryl wants them to play. From day one, he was like fast pace. That's the biggest thing he's been hammering for two years is play faster. We're slow again. I mean, you look at the last few games, Toronto, Montreal. How many times in the neutral zone, you're like, oh, we got some numbers here. Oh, 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 what happened to that two-on-one? We had a two-on-one about to happen, but we're way too slow. The other team caught up to us in the neutral Mm -hmm. zone. Yeah. Three on two is about nope, that didn't form. And when we do get the two on ones, they're gonna get a fucking shot on net. Dubé and Kadri had a two on oh last night. I don't think did it count as a shot on net? No, it didn't. <laughs> so Huberto and Backline have two two on ones early in the game. No shots. Then there's a fucking two on oh. I'm like, watch they wouldn't even I legit was like, watch, they wouldn't even get a shot. Didn't even get a shot. Like this is not how watching hockey should be. How do you not get – I'm serious, dude. It's 2 on 0 Why am I expecting them Missed. to not even get a shot yeah. on a 2 on 0 Not even get a shot. It's not even like, oh, they're probably not going to score. The, the goalie's going to make – you know, watch. They won't even get a shot. That's what I'm thinking to myself when they come down, and then they don't. It's a shot. A shot. Could you just fucking get a shot? It's really, it's really perplexing, dude. And it's just like, there's so many times I'm watching. I'm like, these are NHL players. Like, look, they can't make a fucking pass. Like, five feet. There's a guy five feet away from you. Five feet. There's no one in your lane. Like, there's one. They can't even make a five foot pass on tape to tape. It's just it's how so, is this? Yeah. How is it gone? Do they need to pre- go back and practice passing to each other from five feet away? Like, I don't like this is where I'm just like, what's the solution? Do we just wait until they're just not bad at hockey anymore? Like, that's why I'm like, did they forget how to play hockey? What What is going on in their heads? I don't get it. I mean, you're you bring up this thing where you watch Huberto, and it's so true. As soon as he gets the puck, stops moving his feet. It's like you could get he could be part of a rush that's about that's forming in the neutral zone. And it's just like, dude, if he got the puck and started skating right away, we would have maintained the three on two. He stops skating every time. It's weird. It, like there was a play last night against Montreal where he picks the puck up behind the goal line of his of the Flames' own goal line and just stands there for like I think a three or four count. Remember like we had this for an outlet pass. Remember we had this problem under Ward, and Versteeg brought it up. He's like, watch the Calgary Flames 
they're just slow. What they do is they slow the game down. As soon as you get the puck, and remember in the war, it was like, as soon as we got the puck in our zone, we waited for their team to set up before we did anything. We were just slowing the game down, slowing the game down, slowing the game down. It's starting to feel like, I don't know, man, when we have the puck, it's like they can't wait to fucking give it away almost. And exactly. And that's kind of what Huberto looks like to me. Is like as soon as that guy who is as soon as he gets the puck, he does wants to get rid of it, is what he looks like to me. And like you're saying, remember under Ward when we are slow. And I remember that's the first that's the hallmark of Daryl's team. And he even said it. He's like, the guys were playing, they were playing too slow of a system. They were trying to spread it out. How you win in the NHL now is you play a direct, fast, hard game, straight lines. You don't stretch it out, you don't slow it down. And we're not seeing that. We're not seeing this team do what they did so well last year, which I think is just if you really want to talk about a hallmark of Daryl's what Daryl wants a hockey team to do. It's get the puck in the offensive zone as fast and as quickly as possible at all times. Yep. So is the problem that there's not enough practice time? Because remember the problem earlier on in the season was too much practice time. Right. They were at home too long. Yeah. And they're on the road too long. Basically just not playing hockey. When they're playing hockey, then that's the problem. So – I don't know. It's like it feels really bad right now. Like they're still doing okay. They're still playing at a at a level where it's like, okay, we're probably it, like if you if you had the same underlying numbers as the Oilers and didn't have McDavid and Drysaddle scoring at the rate they're scoring at, okay, then maybe you'd be a bit worried, right? But I think the Flames are still doing enough things where it's like, okay, there's signs of life here. But it's just like, like it's just so frustrating to watch when it's like, and again, like we can break down. Okay, why is Huberto um, underperforming offensively in Daryl's system? Why is Weger maybe underperforming offensively in Daryl's system? Um, but like again, where what's going on with guys who were here last year who should have hit the ground running this year? Manjapani. like we were, th- were th- are were we this? Were we actually this reliant on Gaudreau and Kachuk? Like they're the like they made up for this many mistakes. That's how impactful they were. Well, like, they the, the difference was they drove the bus, and we don't have any fucking bus drivers. Zero. Tanov drives the bus defensively, but like that's it. We need fucking people to drive the offensive bus. If Nobody's, Huberto was, and that's part playing of playing up hallmark. to his level, then I feel like a lot of other things might fall into place. Yeah, I agree. If if your best player is driving your team, then I I agree. Then I think that's the biggest difference. If you're looking at did we did we rely on Goudreau and Kachucky not necessarily offensively, but we relied on them to drive the bus, and then everybody else follows suit. Like if you look at teams like Colorado and McDavid. It's a weird or sorry, Colorado and Oilers. Hey, same thing. But yeah, good. It's just change the name, name of your team, eh? To the fucking McNeckbeards. But it's a weird phenomenon. The rest of the team starts to look like McDavid, and the rest of the team starts to look like the other guy, McKinnon. And if you know what I, I don't know if you've ever noticed this or not, but the skating habits, right? Sometimes you're like, the fuck did he looks like McDavid? Obviously, it's not because he can't. Dude, I totally agree. Yeah. That McLeod guy, I always think it's McDavid. Because what happens is they they watch, everybody watches their best player. Everybody looks up to the best player. Everybody tries to model their game after the best. That's why they're leaders. 
because they actually lead. Who the fuck's people? Who who's watching who on our team? There's like who is leading this this team? Like we do not have a leader. We don't have no, not on. And hey, maybe, you can maybe say, in the dressing room. You can, I don't know. You but can not say on the there's. Ice. You can say we have leaders and there's guys leadership qualities. We don't have a leader. We don't. Who's the on ice leader? Who is the guy who is taking charge in games when you need shit? to happen zero people on the offensive end zero and you need offensive leadership man like that's oh, i don't know i never played d i've always been an offensive guy i've always the offense offensive players have always been my favorite players and i think that's it's common well because goal because goal scoring is i mean i respect the hell out of, of guys like tanev and I get it. In in some instances, that's you're going to be your leader. Like Scott Stevens was a great leader because he actually fucking wanted to murder people. <laughs> like that's and that's like that's a way to to take charge of games, right? It's like you want to fucking try and come down here and score. I'm going to obliterate you. You're and next. Like, Remember yeah, he's telling what's next. his name. Yeah. You're next. Yeah, yeah. Cosmo's like laying there on the ice, and, dead. Yeah, you want to try and beat my team? I'm going to kill you. You're gonna get killed. Like you have to be prepared to be to be killed to beat the team. So there's different ways. I mean, look at that. Like that Rick Ear thing was. Did you see that circulating yesterday? Blasted Dan Cleary. Yeah. Yeah. Just absolutely obliterates it. You're like, no, there's zero penalties there. Like he just guided you into the tunnel doom, and you got fucking demolished. I but just you wanna... need you need guys that are going to drive the team, drive the game, take control, and that's leadership. And we do not have one person from our offensive group that's doing that. Yeah, and it's not like it all relies on one person. But like I said earlier, when you can't rely on one person or one group of players, right? Like it feels like at this point, it doesn't matter if you need a goal late. You take. What line did you th- would you throw out? Because if you threw out the top line, it wouldn't make much difference as if you threw out or if you throw the third or second or fourth line at this point, would it? When you need a goal? Well, you don't need to rely on one person, but it, you can. It sure helps. It sure helps to have one guy that sometimes wins the game for you. See, like, right, like here, here was like, an, like last night, Tanev takes that shot to the head, right? And it's like, doesn't playoff hopes? Is that the first fucking? Yeah, that was the first thing. I was lines? like, God, we are so screwed. It was like we can't make the playoffs with Tana. What are we new without him? But then, like the next shift, like I don't know about you, but like it's just the the pulse on this team seems to be really low. It's like if, if flat. If you saw that, like what Chris Tana just did, why, I don't understand why there wasn't an immediate pushback. Like, holy shit, let's get going, boys! Like. Tanny's out here blocking, saving our asses with his head, with his face. Let's get it into gear. Let's go. Right. Like somebody comes out and has a baller shift, but no, it's just like flat. That was freaky. eh? Oh, that was Was brutal. Was he unconscious? He looked out, man. He looked like he was sleeping there. He looked out. And great Chris Tanev for Chris Tanev to lay there for two, three, four minutes. You need to help off. Holy cow. Like, fuck, must have been a concussion. That was freaky. 
It was Look, like you don't you don't like coming back to your point, you don't need the one guy. You can do it by committee if you do it by committee. Exactly. If you do it, right? It's it's like if you can hold them. We're we're com- by committee right now. Our committee is let's wait for somebody else to do it. Exactly. No one's working. They're not all doing it. They're together. not working. They're, doing as a t- they're not pulling in the same direction. No. My it seems. Look, I still believe Daryl can make it work, and I believe he probably will because it's fucking Daryl. Well, he'll he'll figure out how to fucking lead all these horses in the right direction. Because it's fucking Daryl. He'll never quit. He'll never give up. Daryl doesn't take breaks. Daryl does not blink. Daryl nope. does not rest. Daryl will not rest until he gets what he wants. This guy's yes. an animal. This guy, so, when he was first hired here again, said, I owe this team a Stanley Cup. And maybe that's what we're what we're witnessing is he's breaking them down. Maybe. Well, and listen, like so I mean, that they so that they actually submit, and then do what they're supposed to do. Potentially, that's a thing. I don't know. And it's and working that, to a degree because if you look at Jonathan Huberto's defensive numbers, guy's been better than he's he's been one of the best defensive force in the league. Okay, so let's discuss this because I know you were throwing this on the stories the other day, and if you're looking at Huberto's game as a whole, the defensive end is out is outstanding. It's it's the or sorry the defensive end is outstanding the offensive end is what is atrocious but the way I'd put it is not much is happening when Jonathan Huberto is on the ice and that's a good thing in the D zone bad thing in the offensive zone at five on five. So yes, there's people pointing to the the counting stats, which he's a point per game in the last ten games or so. But if you're looking at his underlying, this guy's not driving play. Listen, if you're not. watching, people are watching. We're watching. Like, sure, he's picked up some points, which is good. That's encouraging. Maybe that gets him going a bit. But like, if you've been watching, you can't tell me that he's had. Has he had one shift this this year, this month, where it's been no. like he's been no. an offensive catalyst, like big no. time? <laughs> no. Is there one shift? Like, holy fuck. Like you watch games, oh, I mean McDavid, McDavid has twenty of those shifts a fucking game. You look at uh, what's his pickle in uh, Vegas, Eichel. Consistently, you're just like, holy fuck! Like he's dominating us. Oh, right now. look at that Marner, the the Marner shift the other night. Did you see that where he's like making that pass from his ass and then created a turnover and blasted top corner on a clapper? That was crazy. Like Marner has those shifts. You know, fucking Tage Thompson. Oh, jeez. Tage Thompson's had more had many goals against the Blue Jackets as Huberto has all year. So it's not to shit on him, but it's like I don't know. I've watched every single game, and I've lot of I've watched a lot of games more than once. And it's like he's not touching the puck very much. He's not driving offense. No. Um, and he's not an offensive catalyst at five on five. And the power play is a different discussion because they don't seem to want to run it through him. They prefer oh, to run it through Rasmus Anderson. Oh my God. An insane reason. But at five on five, he's not the elite offensive dynamic player that um he, he needs to be for this team. So, well, but I mean, to be fair, was it but, Jack? Yeah. Who, who do we have on Jack on? Yeah. Jack. Yeah. Was he the guy that told us he's not that good five on five? Yeah. Hey, folks, just a quick word from some sponsors. You can use our code in the dome pod over at SeatGeek if you are looking to score a deal on some tickets. 
That code is in the Dome Pod. If you're going to the Flames game or just need tickets for something and you find a sweet deal over at SeatGeek, you can save an extra 20 bucks off your first order with that promo code in the Dome Pod. Hockey fans, you can light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. Boy, is that fucking coming to fruition currently. So back to we'll this. We'll see. Like, I think. Yeah. Look, no, I, I agree. Look, I still think it's Daryl. So yeah. this team and is going to figure it out. Otherwise, otherwise we don't have a choice. Yeah, there we have no, no choice. choice than to figure it out. It's not um, a matter of if, it's just when. Yeah. And again, like his defensive numbers have been great, right? They've been awesome. He's, I think that the top line has been, I think I looked at it the other day. I don't have it in front of me right now. I'll try to pull it up. But yeah, they're not last I looked, they were, they were top three in terms of expected goals against per 60 minutes, like only behind like some really good lines. Like Huberto has been like Marchand Bergeron level in terms of his defensive impact at five on five this year. That's, yeah. that's, that's great because the huge knock on his entire career, he's been terrible defensively. So I think, and, the the kind of subtext in this is that, oh, well, okay, he's doing that. But in doing that, because Daryl's making him play defense, he's, he's giving up all his offense, which I don't think is – it's maybe true, but I think if you compare it to Johnny Gaudreau's situation, which is like the only thing we can do because it's a good reference point is – well, and Kachuk, both of them. Yeah. And Kachuk, yeah. That uh, eventually it yield it turned into offensive results and great offensive results. Best right? league, like results. best ever. So I think that's what you're hoping for. I I don't think Huberto is playing defense in spite of his offense, because again, I remember this was a big talking point in the bubble when Daryl took over, and there was like those first few games where it was like everybody was like clipping where Johnny would have to dump the puck in, and they're like, oh, Daryl Sutter's ruining him. He's dumping the puck in all the time, right? So I think the hope is that this focus on defense because again, it's not even a focus on defense. Like listen and watch, listen to Daryl and, and and watch how his teams play when they're at their best. They're not playing de- right. Daryl always says you're not playing defense. You're just checking. No. Right. I mean that, and that to me is the hallmark of a Daryl Sitter team. Like is the, to me, the reference of the hallmark is look at the old four team. Even fucking LA was like this too. The amount of four checking was relentless. It's just like, you knew as soon as the, the the puck was in the offensive end, just like you knew we were getting it. It was just a matter of time. Yeah, and they were just, just gonna just, be tenacious and they weren't gonna quit until they got the puck. And then when they got it, they were gonna be fucking tenacious at getting it to the net. That's right. And it's just like we're not seeing it's just f- like we're flatlined. Yeah, we're like, flat, we're slow, we're not sw- like right. Like I think we, that what did you say? What word did you use? I don't know what you said, but swarming is a good word. Like that's <laughs> that's Daryl Sutter teams. They swarm yeah. everywhere, yeah. all three zones, all yeah. the time. They're swarming and they're doing it fast. And every time another team gets the puck, they're on you. And that creates turnovers. And like, if yeah. you think about how Huberto's gate, how he scored a lot of his points, dude is a monster off the rush creating, go watch his highlights in Florida. All of them are off the rush. So you'd think at some point when K, he can buy into, you know, first and foremost committing to defense, then playing at a pace, which I think he's struggling with massively 
playing at the pace Daryl wants him to play with. And oh, a lot of other guys are. He has no pace. He's got zero yeah. pace to his game. It's the opposite of pace. Um, once he starts doing that, if he starts doing that, then the goals and points will come. Then the offensive impact will come. Because, you know, if you just think about it, okay, Huberto's great, great player of creating off the rush. Daryl's teams are really good at creating turnovers in the neutral zone because they're all over you because they're checking teams and they go freaking nuts as soon as you get the puck. Create a turnover in the neutral zone, counterattack. Like the Flames, I think last year were for all the talk about how they're such a good forechecking cycle team, they were one of the best teams in terms of creating rush scoring chances. So the the hope is that this eventually translates into yeah. what, what we saw with Gaudreau and Kachuk. But th- again, there is a there is an impetus on Huberto to, you know, take charge of that as well. It's not like he can just sit there, do nothing, and say, like you said, oh, it'll come, it'll come. It's like he has to make it happen too. Yeah. Um this is good because I mean fuck. When you get wrapped up in the frustration of watching how they pl- how they're playing, yeah. It's so easy to just fucking right? So it's it's good to talk this out because if you are looking the thing is it's Daryl. I mean, if we if Jeff Ward was the coach, I'd be banging my head against the wall. I mean, it's since it is Daryl Sutter, you just you know that if you can't continue to get worse. It's just it's just not going to happen. You know so that maybe, he knows what's wrong at least. Exactly. So and he's going to know how to communicate it and get the results he wants. So maybe it is just a maybe it's a internal fight for some of these players to. Well, yeah. I don't know, but eventually you would think that is going to all come to fruition. Right. It's kind of like if you look at there's four horses carrying a carriage or whatever. And if they're all used to fucking going different ways in this way, it takes some time to train them all to work synchronistically. But eventually, once they figure it out, now you're fucking cruising. Hopefully, that's what this this whole process is. And we're not actually bad. I don't think we're actually bad. But fuck, do we look bad? We look and really fuck is bad. it frustrating. It's and it's not like. Right now, it's not like the seven game losing streak where you're just not getting the results. Like they're not. No, there's no results because they got whooped by the Blue Jackets. They got whooped by the Canadians. Yeah, there is no results happening because you're getting shit canned by shitty teams. You you pretty much got shit canned in three straight games by two teams you absolutely should not get shit canned by. And maybe you know if you're looking at you got you still manufactured. Two points out of that. Maybe you should have got a third in Columbus. I don't know. But if you're able to to scrape points out of getting shit can, maybe you're not bad. And if it's Daryl Sutter at the helm and you actually have a good fucking roster, eventually is it going to turn around? The nice thing is you're 29 games in. Somehow you're in a playoff spot. I don't know, man. Like, oh, Dude, the West only, is so bad. Yeah, you're two games above 500, but you're in a playoff spot. And then playing some of the worst hockey I've seen in the last three seasons, which is saying a lot. Yet, I mean, there's still so much hockey left, dude. If you yeah, think it, about yeah. it. Yeah, it feels like the North year, except that we don't have 56 games, like the bubble year, but we have an extended period to get the shit that's, figured out. That's the thing, is like there's still 63 games. No, 53 games. 54, 53, something like that. 53 games of hockey left. There's still a fuck ton of hockey left. So if if it's a matter of 
time, like we're saying, and I think it is, that's the way I'm leading is like, it's not a matter of if it's just when they figure it out and start clicking. I mean, we've seen spurts of it. We've seen spurts of them clicking, but like we, we need to see the clicking on a nightly basis. You don't have to score fucking five goals every night, but you gotta at least do the things that lead to the results. Yeah. And if you score four goals, you can't be, you can't be blowing leads. You can't be doing, you know, it's just, we're, even when we do see the good things, they're followed pretty quickly by some like, right? Like the Toronto game blew 15 leads in that game. What are you doing? I guess the penalties were, um, you know, a bit of an issue, but just, yeah, it, it's really frustrating to watch. I'm as pissed off as anybody, but the Flames are playing some pretty good defensive hockey. Five on five, they're the seventh best team in terms of total expected goals against. Hey, the goaltending is getting better. Markstrom, Markstrom great last had night. a fucking amazing game last night. He feels like whatever. Stole you a point. Markstrom got you. Markstrom gets you a point last night. It, dude, it's not even like he was unbelievable. I think it was by by goals saved above expected. I, evolving hockey had it as the best game he's ever played in his career, which is crazy. Um, it was like 5.25 goals saved above expected. Freaking nuts. They're still one of the best possession teams in the entire league up there with like New Jersey. I think I think Money Puck has them as like fourth overall in terms of possession. So like, there's still some good stuff going on, but it's just like, Man, it's a slog, these games to watch. Oh, man, it is a super slog. It's brutal. So I don't know. I don't know what the root cause of it is. Again, we can make assumptions for guys like the new guys who are having an adjustment period. It's harder to pinpoint what the hell's going on with guys who were here last year who are not very good. Like, I I know Hannafin looks terrible again. Like, what is his deal, man? I know he scored twice in the Toronto game, but he's had a rough go this season in terms of being on the ice for scoring chances. Same goes with Rasmus. So I I think, think, yeah, I think for me trying to analyze it, it comes down to individual efforts and the, at the root cause of that, I think it's this whole leadership thing. And it's, I'm not saying, look, name a captain, everything's sorted out. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is these guys, these individuals, especially the guys like Huberto, Kadri, at some point, they have to snap out of snap out of it and be like, look, I'm I'm leading this team now. Yeah. And maybe that's a maybe that's a hard thing for a new player to come into a already established team and roster. Is like, oh, maybe I'm not the one I don't want to necessarily be the one to lead this team. Fuck that. Matthew Kachuk's doing it, no fucking problem. That's because he's a leader. We already fucking knew that. And you have guys like Huberto, maybe they want to step on anybody's toes. Fuck that. Step on some toes. This organization has needed some toes stepped on it for a long time. I think once we start to see a little bit of this shift, like at, at some point, at some point, Huberto internally, mentally needs to go to a place where he says, this is my team. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because I don't think we're going to see him get to the level where everybody is expecting him to get to until he does that. Like Hubert knew it was, it was him and Barkov's team, dude. And he knew that coming in, like as a draftee, that's his franchise. Into, that's your, you are the friend. He knew he was the franchise player. You get traded, you get your fucking, your pride smashed to, to pieces. You you know, you finally get over it. You pick yourself back up. You're on a new team. Get over it. 
be, he has to be the franchise player now. For he the Flames. is, and he has. And like, I, he is yes. on paper. He is in terms of everything. And I think ultimately that's the adjustment we're all waiting for. He's got. He's got to in between he's years, take the reins. He's got to realize that's that's he needs to be the franchise player. And the same can be said for every fucking player on this team, to some extent, right? They all need to know that they are a contributing factor in terms of, you know, the potential success of what we're going to see here. Like, Caudry was good. He came out flying because he had winning on his brain. But he's probably going through a similar situation of, like, where does he fit in? Because he's, like, basically Caudry and Huberto. And you can kind of throw Uyghur in that category as well. These are the leaders. They have to be. They have to be the players. And maybe that's what's so hard for some of these guys in this whole adjustment factor, this whole adjustment period, is getting to that state mentally where they feel comfortable to be that guy. Mm -hmm. We're waiting for Hubert to fucking to get comfortable at being, he, he needs to realize, he, maybe he realized, I don't know if he realizes it or not. I Probably he doesn't because once he does, that's when he's going to snap out of it. He's, he's, at some point, Hubert is going to realize, oh shit, I need to be the guy. It's not even, it's not even going to be about, oh, I'm not playing good. Oh, you haven't seen anything yet. You've seen nothing yet. I know, blah, 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 blah. The biggest shift he needs to make is like, oh fuck, this is my team. And if I'm not doing it, they're not doing it. Like once, once he makes that shift, and it is, like you said, everything else falls into place. All the rest of the guys know it's kind of like it is, man. It's like a fucking, it's like an alpha male in a pack. Once the 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 pack will suffer until the alpha male is established, and then everybody knows where they fucking belong, and then you can operate as a pack. Like we're missing that leadership, yeah. man. This is the this is the piece that there is no one guy taking control. There is no two guys taking control. Nobody is taking control. Except for Chris Tanov, but he's on the defensive end. He, like we need guys that can put a stamp on the game to help you win offensively as well. Like we can't just rely on Chris Tanov to fucking play beastly defense and we're gonna win games. Yeah, it's like everybody's aimless in terms of what their role is supposed to be. It's like that's probably factoring in this to Huberto as well. His role needs to be that number one leader on this team. Exactly. He doesn't know that yet. And and I guess that's why this, this captaincy thing comes up because if he has the C, maybe he makes that correlation quicker. But then if, if you're Daryl, I can see the opposite as well. It's just like you don't need the C to make the correlation. Once you make the correlation, then the C follows. It's not the other way around, but for sometimes it is, right? So I don't know. For me, that's the biggest thing that I'm seeing in this team right now is like you're watching these games. You're just like, holy fuck. Nobody's going to do anything. No one. One shot. Columbus, one shot. We need a goal so bad. You need a goal like your life depends on it. You one shot. Like that, to me, that's the nutshell of the whole, like what we've seen so far after twenty. Mike Stone years. came through. Give him; he's the leader. 
he was he's we're getting some we're getting we're michael getting stone on the, we're getting defensive michael yeah. stone back eh Jeez. yeah that's about that's you know that's there there's a very real uh use for michael stone and there's a reason he's been the seventh eighth defenseman on this team for a few years Yeesh. you want to talk you want to talk about using michael stone why the fuck is he not on pp1 Dude. If you if you're hell bent and fucking funneling everything through the top, which for some reason they go right back to, hey Daryl, why was the power play so good for once, Daryl? What was the difference? Oh, generate everything down low instead of everything up top. Oh, does that mean you're going to keep doing it? No, we're going to go back to what does doesn't work. Funnel it from the top again. If you're so hell bent on that, get the guy. With a fucking absolute bomb. That's not afraid to fucking absolute let an absolute laser go every single opportunity. And I mean his release, his windup and release is so quick for a slap shot oh, yeah. to get that much power off of it. Compare that to Rasmus Anderson. Holy fuck, man. Plus the accuracy. Plus the ability to get it through. It's like, why? If if you're so hell bent that you have to generate everything from your stupid ass, sucky ass power play from the blue line. At least get the guy with an absolute rocket to be ripping it. The, the amount of frustration I have from this power play, I, I'm oh, it's unbearable. It is. It's literally like being tortured. I've never been tortured. I don't. I guess I have. Mm-hmm, you have. I'm talking about. I have been tortured. I, I just don't understand why play. you have Jonathan Huberto on the ice. You want to run it. Like how many times has Huberto touched the puck on the power play? Less than about 15 less touches a play per an- than Anderson does. Oh, why God. is Anderson? Why are you running it through him? I do well, not I, understand. Like, but even from a decision making coaching standpoint, why is that? Why? Has anybody he had, ever he had said, 50 points last year? Is that why? Like he has points because he's on the power play with four other guys who are actually really good. So he just picks up all these points. And you and thought, like, he oh, was he's gonna, really good. You thought he was going to score another shootout goal. Dude, I knew. Oh, my Lord. There's no way he was going three for three. He's going to go was like, yeah, that's a 20 one-time. now. That's a one timer. That was a one time hunch. You should have knew known would only work once. This uh, all right. Let's go. Let's. Oh, the last time we recorded, um, we were about to go on the road, but we played Minnesota. I liked this game because I don't know what, what was going on in the first eight minutes. Minnesota looked really good. They came out flying. Yeah, you're down two nothing, but you you claw your way back into the game. You win the game. Like that was a really good win. It's a feel good win. That was bespurched by three terrible games. That's what I'm, two steps forward, one step forward, two step back. It's been a lot of this year. After that game, I'm sitting there I'm like, okay, are these guys starting to figure it out now? Yeah. Are they starting? And it's not even like, are they figuring it out? What are they figuring out? It's like figuring out how this team is going to win hockey games consistently. And it's like everybody needs to play a role in a win. And if you do, if everybody's executing in their roles, because that's kind of what I saw. In the Minnesota game, is like, okay, guys were kind of doing what they're supposed to be doing in terms of executing, execution. You know, like, okay, or maybe they're starting to figure out how to win without 
13 and 19. Without individuals dragging them to win every night. Well, the thing is, is like our MO for winning games last year, solid defense, good goaltending, and Johnny, the top line. Yeah. And then some secondary scoring. You didn't even need secondary scoring every night. When you had it, benefit was nice. Like we won 6-1 instead of 4-1. Exactly. But you knew that if if 13 and 19 weren't going to score, if they were pointless, you probably might not win. Right? It was kind of like the MO. You get points every fucking game, though. 115 points. What points did Johnny not have? Game? How many games did he, did he go, not have points? Yeah, I doubt it was more than one. He's setting up goals on a nightly basis. That was kind of like, that was the identity of the team in terms of the individuals. So you remove those two players. Are they start? That's where I was at after mini. I was like, are these guys starting to figure it out? Yeah. And then fucking. Oh. Well, yeah, we've had a few of those games, right? It's like after the Florida win, there's been a few times where it was like, hey, this looks like a team that has. Okay, now they've hit a. It's a turning point. It's a. It's a building block, and then they fumble it big time, and then they dip for three games. It's it's, it's tough, man. See what I really liked about the mini game is you get a. You're down to nothing. You're like, holy shit! But once once they kind of they did get a what three or four power plays gifted to them. Yeah, there was a few chintzy calls in that game. So we were on the on the benefit end of game management, which I don't like because we didn't know what's happening on the on the other end of the next game, which you yeah, did Toronto. Next. But you know, you're down two, and I think the power play gets you back in it. Connor tips one in. Rizicu has an unreal play driving it to the net. Coleman ties it up to fully scores off his ass. You get a nice little lucky bounce. You come back. Then Mini ties it up late. I think it was kind of a shitty goal. I can't remember exactly, but and then what? Nine seconds later, Anderson scores to put you back up again. Like that was that was awesome. There were some good things in that in that game. Like if you're looking at the microcosm of a game, in terms of coming back from behind. And then you have that little blip where the other team ties it up, and then you come right back the next shift and, and give yourself the lead again. Like those are fucking great signs, right? So, and then you put it away with an empty netter. That game was great outside the first five minutes, and then you follow it up fucking Columbus. probably the worst, probably the worst game of the season. That's the worst game of the season. This is the worst game in a long time. Too much. Uh, do you think they were boozing with Goudreau? Yeah, yeah. Why don't you guys uh, come over? Yeah, yeah. Did, did Goudreau fucking spike their... <laughs> Probably would, eh? Wouldn't he? It was like something he'd do. Maybe his wife did it. Yeah, his wife. One last revenge on Calgary. One last. I thought that was a good game from the top line. Followed up. Again, like, it's so hard because, like, that was a great game. I think everybody was stoked. Like, you were saying, you're like, is this a... Hey, we're we're bad. Like this is turning around, and then three shit games. At Toronto game, I think I was the most mad. The Columbus game was just like I can't believe they're losing. The Toronto game was like infuriating, and the last night was an absolute shit show. But, See, I didn't mind the Toronto game as much because well, least it was, I, the thing the Toronto game is like you're playing the Leafs though. That's where my frustration comes. It's like I hate losing to the Leafs, especially in Hawking in Canada. Craig Simpson almost jerked himself off to death talking about Mitch Marner all night. I think it, I think he might be actually jerking off while while he's doing this. Don't you? Wouldn't be surprised at all. 
wouldn't be surprised. Or at who's all. he doing play by play? But maybe they're jerking each other off. Eh? Are they allowed in the same booth? Probably. Mitch Marner. Oh, he's got twenty two points or twenty two straight see, games. See, you pointed this out uh, in in the last couple seasons where these guys. Like they, Toronto and Toronto media, they feel like they're the the hockey gods, right? They're the center of the hockey universe. Not only they are they, they are ordained by self acclaimed hockey gods, self acclaimed, yeah, ordained by the like. And a lot of times that comes through in it sure came through in the officiating in my mind. Dude. And look, there's people arguing. Against it, a lot of least fans, obviously, but there's some flames. Fans oh, least fans are triggered, eh? What a surprise! Daryl is oh. such a legend for triggering the whole fan base. I love this man so much. But like, what was it? Did they get three or four straight power plays? They had like seven total. It felt like there was like at least four in a row. And the the main thing is because this is when you know you're getting shitty officiating. This is what boils me to all end. You get a questionable call, and you're like, okay, whatever. If that's going to be the standard, I'll live with it. And then the next shift. Yeah, exactly. The other team does the exact same thing to your player and no call. And then later on, you're like, oh, fuck. Okay, so. And then it's just like, oh, isn't that a penalty? Okay, if that. And it goes the other way, right? Monty Pine comes down and says he's getting hooked or whatever. Okay, why wasn't that called? I guess, is that the standard then? And then you get a fucking penalty for doing the exact same thing it's just so, like yeah the uh the cross check was being called in completely different manners so like you said munch is flying down the ice gets like full-on cross checked in the neutral zone from behind from behind no penalty and it's like you said that's fine but then backland is literally in a battle in the corner and i don't know if this happened before i think it happened before the munch might have been after but back no, it, it was the same it was the same Sequence of events, slim shift. The whistle hadn't blown yet. Monty oh, okay. playing a cross check first, yeah. but this is already after we got a shitty call. So Backlund, like, I don't that if that's a cross check, that's pretty weak. But if you want to call that, fine. But you should have called the Monjapani one. It was ridiculous, especially in a matter of the same what thirty seconds. And Zadorov had already had a cross checking penalty, right? So okay, that's the first one you call if you want to do your bullshit, whatever. That's the standard. The Zadorov first cross check yeah. that should have been the standard. Yeah, so the two examples I gave, which is your team gets a penalty, penalty, so you expect that to be the standard. And the other example, okay, your team didn't, the other team didn't get a penalty, so you expect that to be the standard. Happened on both. Zidorov, okay, is that the standard? <laughs> then Majipani doesn't get called. You're like, holy fuck, well, where's our call? And then, oh, we're getting another penalty for the exact same thing two seconds later. Horseshit is what it is. It was total horseshit. It's fucking horseshit. I and mean, again, like this doesn't bug people. Like I, I, we say this a lot, and maybe we're just sound like crazies, but like this doesn't bug people with like the, all the betting that goes on nowadays. Like this isn't suspicious to anyone. Like nobody's right. looking into this. Like sometimes you can only draw that conclusion when it's like, man, that's pretty weird. See, and then I didn't mind this game that much, and you, I expected. To get outplayed by Toronto because they're better. They outplay us every time. They usually kick shit of us, fucking coursey wise, and expect goals for and all that shit. But you had to lead on them for most of the game. 
Yeah, that's what's frustrating. Huberto makes a good pass to Hannah if he scores. Kadri goes shelf. Lewis scores from the half boys boards. It's a kind of a back and forth game, but Calgary's maintaining their lead for most of it. Was it a was it a power play that helped them tie the game up? I can't even remember how they tied it up. Well, what did they have? I think Nylander had a power play goal. The first oh, fuck, goal every time Nylander, goal. every time Nylander's in the offensive zone is a goal. Um, and then obviously He's the overtime the goal was a power play goal, but the tying goal I don't think was. It was that little shit bunting. Okay, apparently bunting's a. Why didn't somebody cream this fucker? Well, because our tough guy was. Oh right, benched. Forgot. Lucic was there. He definitely would have done. That. Oh yeah, he definitely would have wouldn't have not done anything, right? <laughs> it was funny because. Oh man, these these Toronto people don't watch the Flames. So last night, um, who somebody fought Mackie and beat the piss out of him. I don't know. Who, Which, I don't know why who, is Mackie fighting. I have no clue. Is he trying he's, to stay in the lineup? Don't know. Don't he, do that again. Yeah. One more thing, you're not very good at there, bud. Just um, add it to the list, there, bud. Defense, offense, skate, everything bad. Hockey, fighting, <laughs> hockey in general. But he gets creamed, and then whoever it was, I can't remember his name. But he was like taunting. He was like getting the crowd going. Like right, yep. watched it. everybody watched it. And then yep. in the intermission, David Amber's like, "If Lucic was oh, on the yeah. bench, Fuck that. that wouldn't have been happening. No chance, sir." I was like, "Yeah, okay. You obviously have watched like one Flames game in the last two years. Here's what Lucic would have done about it. Nothing. Would have gave Here. the puck away to that guy on the next shift. Yeah, exactly." Would have. What do you what? think of the? What do you think of the? Uh, man, how many penalties do we have in the Toronto game? Seven, we had eight? six. It felt like more than six. that, but I guess well, six. it felt like more because you get three off the bat, and then yeah. so you expect a little bit of evening up, but it's just one side of the whole wall. Well, I guess we I guess they did a little, little evening up, but that call in overtime, like, give me a fucking break, dude. And if you watch the replay. The guy is like grabbing his face like he's been sh- sniped from Dude. row section 305. Visor. Huberto touched him in the visor. It didn't even, technically, that's not even a high stick, is it? If, well, and if you look at grazing. the screenshot, the guy's like bending down, right? Like, technically, Huberto's stick wasn't high, right? It you're just grazing, happened to hit him in the head. You're grazing a visor. It's just horseshit. And so now you lose the game. You lose the game because you grazed a visor. So afterwards, fuck it. Yeah, you want to do the, the Daryl trolling thing, dude? This was this is an all time. This is an all time Daryl Sutter troll. Fuck, that was amazing, eh? That was amazing. It was a fuck you to everybody in Toronto. Which, like, if it, at any point, if anybody does that, it's my favorite thing ever. But the fact the head coach of the Flames did it because there's a spe- a special type of hate that like Toronto, like I don't want to say Leafs fans, probably Torontonians have for like Albertans. So it's like when you have Daryl Sutter, the epitome of Alberta, on TV, yeah, trolling, the, the self, trolling Torontarians. It's like the self, they're the self-acclaimed, they're the self-acclaimed descendants of the hockey gods. Exactly. That's what that's what Toronto fans are. So for your coach to fucking, yeah, do you want to plug it in there? Yes. That's one thing I learned a long time ago, Eric. When you're in the in Chicago all those years, when you play and you come into Toronto. You know what goes on. I won't say nothing more. 
But this is two games in a row. You guys had a lot of passes. So then write about it. I mean, do you think they were all penalties tonight? I don't. And it's true. It's true. No, it's not true. Look at the power plays. Look at the calls oh. stats for the last 30 Backlund. years. The Leafs are like the third most Backlund's penalized lucky. team at home. Backlund's lucky he didn't get two cross-checking penalties there. Look at the stats. That's just an old man yelling at the sky. Have you ever seen a player get two cross-checking penalties? No, they only ever give you one. She's lucky he didn't get two. Listen, and the other thing is, I can't believe the lack of self-awareness that all these people have. Like, Daryl is definitely taking a shot there that has some truth to it. Oh, yeah, you know what goes on. Primarily what he's doing is taking heat off of his guys. Like, what's he going to say? Oh, yeah, we shouldn't. We need to watch our sticks. He's not an idiot. Like, people are people. He's sticking up for his players is the, is the crux of that. Like, man, people are just. Whoa. The wizard in action. That's what you're seeing. Exactly. Hey, sticking up for your players. Hey, Toronto coach and, and people. Maybe try it sometime. And did the players. uh Players didn't respond or return they, the favor. But... Did they return the favor by laying an absolute fucking dud in Montreal two nights later? That's the other thing that I can't stand is like, I don't mind if you lay, I've said this a billion times here, lay, a, lay an egg once in a while. It's fine. Go to Johnny Gaudreau's house, get blasted, suck in Columbus, but don't follow it up with like consecutive or semi-consecutive eggs. You can't lay an egg in Columbus and Montreal in the same span of four days. Anything else in the Montreal game? Did like, oh no, that was an awful hockey game to watch, man. Kelly Rudy, dude, I don't know what he's watched last night, but he was like, "Oh, <laughs> this is the best game I've seen all year." What fun! I was like, "Fun! This has been brutal. It's been brutal hockey." Caudry, Caulfield, um, and Tanev almost died. It's been terrible to watch. So much fun. Yolk. All right, you're going back home for two, Vancouver and St. Louis. Um, at this point, let's talk about Phillips. We're everybody, the whole fan base, um, rightfully so, and good on him. Got this guy in the lineup, I believe. Clamoring for him. <laughs> he deserves to be there currently. If you're looking at what he's done in the A and you're looking at the, the roster. And do you want to talk about the sitting of Lucic? Because I think... Yeah. The last one, you were like, I don't think Daryl has the balls. I'm like, I don't think Daryl gives a fuck, which the latter was true. Daryl doesn't give a fuck. I don't know, man. How much longer is Lucic going to be sitting out? Because he looked fu- – he's, he's been he's, fucking he's terrible. He's been terrible, and he was played, like, what, in Columbus? It was, like, season low five minutes? or cur- That was, like, the lowest he's played in 15 years or whatever. What I didn't expect necessarily was the <laughs> Zahorna with Phillips. Yeah, no, me neither. But maybe that's another tactic that Daryl's using. I know he had the the three of them playing together with Rizichka. As well, a, just if you go back to the Columbus game, Phillips was called up. Everybody expected him to play because nobody had said anything otherwise. And then it turns out Zahorna was playing as well as Lucic. It was quite the uproar. Um, but then if you fast forward, and Phillips is like, yeah, I, I knew I wasn't playing. So Daryl had yeah, a plan all him. along. They told him. Yeah. Um, Jahorna looked good, I thought, just as much as Phillips did. So, but I mean, I feel like Lucic is maybe he'll get in again, obviously. 
but they'll probably use him more. Daryl will probably use him against bigger teams, so he has the excuse of saying, yeah, he's big. We're, we're playing a bigger team. We want a bigger lineup. So I, I definitely don't think we've seen the last of Lucic. So uh, Phillips's first game is against Toronto. I thought he looked, looked good in Toronto. Yeah, um, he was good. He was good for the ice time he had. I thought he fit in just fine. I think the the biggest thing was he didn't hurt the team. Yeah. Well, you said he had the best game score, didn't he? Yeah, I think he had the highest. Like he only he played like again the the time on everyone was like, oh, he barely played. It was like, well, the Flames are on the penalty kill for what six hundred. They were like fifty of the sixty minutes they were killing penalties, so it was oh, screwed was by penalties. Yeah. yeah. But at five on five, he's very good. At the best, I think he had the highest expected goals for. He had a high danger scoring chance. He had a couple scoring chances, a couple shot attempts. He looked good. He looked. I thought he made the most difference on the second power play unit where he looked like an impact maker and he was making some plays. Yeah. Yeah. Thought he looked good on there. So he was he, better in, in Toronto. He had a couple plays against Montreal later in the game that weren't very good on the power play, but yeah, he looked like I'd like to see, I'd like to see them funnel it through him more on PP two. to be honest. He looked, I think he looked like he belongs in the NHL. Yeah. And they should get, uh, they should try and establish Phillips and stone. As a together, combo on power play together. too. Yeah, as kind of like a, a setup play. So, so I, I don't know, give that some more time. Give him some some practice time with the club. Um, at this rate, we haven't heard anything that they're setting him down. So I think we should expect him to be in the lineup. Well, I think he'll have at least because he has like thirty days to uh, like be waiver eligible again. Yeah, so so he, so he can play for thirty days without having to be sent. So he can down be on the waiver. roster. So uh, I think we'll he'll at least get a. Decent shot here, enough of a chance. But as long as he can prove he belongs in the NHL, which I think he does, he'll he'll be fine. Again, I think people, some fans expected him to be like good Johnny Gaudreau. It was like even in your wildest dreams, he's not going to be that. He's, nope. I think, the better comparable. I think people have thrown out there for a guy of his stature, production wise, is like, hey, maybe he could get to like a Gallagher level of type impact maker where it's like he's a guy who can provide some secondary scoring, be a good power play guy and be a, a decent 20 goal scorer at best. So I, I think, I think if he can do on a, on like a fourth or third line, kind of what Manjapani did that one year where they were really good, like 2018, 2019, you'll be pretty happy with him. Manjapani had like eight goals and, the whole year that year, but he was a good little player and provided some offense. So that's probably what you're looking for. You got some weaker opponents coming up. Uh, Vancouver, St. Louis, San Jose, back to back in San Jose for some reason. It's fucking weird. And then like you, you're going on the California road trip and you play San Jose back, but not back to back nights, but Sunday night and Tuesday yeah. night. It's fucking weird. Well, dude, okay. You flubbed Columbus. You keep losing to teams under 500. So, yeah. So you need like, Vancouver, St. Louis, San Jose, San Jose, L.A., Anaheim. Like you should probably win at least five of these. Well, next. L.A. is a huge game, huge game because they're the team you're chasing right now. Yeah. So those these next six games, you gotta have to at least win four. Ideally, you get what nine points out of a possible ten. <laughs> Am I asking too much? These are That's shitty teams. Hey man, Apparently, we lost to the Blue teams. Jackets. There's no, yeah. there's no lower limit right now. So I guess any... I guess you just focus on beating Vancouver. Like let's see, have to beat Vancouver one game at a time. Yeah. All right. Have you heard any updates on Tana, Uyghur, and Lindholm? 
well, they said Tanev had cleared his test or whatever last night and would He'll be probably traveling be back tomorrow, with the team. Yeah, yeah knowing Tanev, was like, well, he's actually had to have his eyeball removed and broke his skull. He's going to play places, with an eye patch. He's going to play. He, he got a nice eye patch for his night's game. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> he he ain't missing surprised? shit. <laughs> <laughs> so I haven't heard about Lindholm. That came out of nowhere, too. So um, yeah, Weir was up. just sick, so I imagine he'll be back soon. Hopefully the Lindholm is not fucking... There was no one incident, though, so typically in that situation, it's yeah, Lindholm you know, it's not, not that bad, but yeah. Can you imagine right, man. Out Lindholm and Kadri? Because like, Kadri got nailed last night, too. Yikes. Yeah, he was okay, though. Yeah. All right, man, we'll see what happens. Um, obviously, the record, the home record's 10, 10 and 5. So, actually, one of the brighter spots of the season so far is you've been been good at home. You suck mm-hmm. on the road. So Vancouver and St. Louis, and then you go back on the road. Let's hope that uh, we can win these next two games and have something good to talk about. Christian, Christian is a pillow. Kiss my ass.